On this edition of The Trailer Home, Bruce Willis and Billy Bob Thornton star as bank robbers in the movie Bandits. James Gandolfini and Robert Redford square off in a military prison in The Last Castle. In the style of The Matrix and Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon comes the martial arts film Iron Monkey. And the movie From Hell. No, really, it's called From Hell. Johnny Depp and Heather Graham star in the latest Jack the Ripper thriller. All that, plus Riding in Cars with Boys with Drew Barrymore, and we talk about our favorite scary movies for Halloween. You're watching The Trailer Home. Hello and welcome to The Trailer Home. I'm Dustin McDonough and I'll be your host for this brand new show on INSU4. On this show, we're going to be talking about movies. Movies in the theaters, movies new on video and DVD. Which ones are good and which ones are bad? Once have we even It should be noted that not all of us have even seen all the movies we'll be talking about tonight. Frankly, what college student has the time or money to go to the movie theater two or three times a week? I don't, and I don't think many others probably do either. This show isn't necessarily about the movies themselves, though. It's more about what makes us want to go see the movies. Who's in the movies? What kind of movie is it? Is the trailer for the movies good or bad? It's an unfortunate truth that sometimes we see a really good trailer that makes us want to go see a movie, and then when we do see the movie, we leave disappointed. The opposite is also sometimes true. We see a bad trailer and think it's a bad movie, but it's really not that bad at all. It's been said that the people who edit trailers ought to edit the movies themselves because they're better at it. Is that true? Well, we'll talk about it on The Trailer Home. Now, as I said, on each edition of our show, we'll talk with a panel of ISU students about movies new to theaters, video, and DVD. Tonight's panel includes Danny Zanger, Sean Corcoran, and Katie Poston. Thank you all for coming here tonight. Uh, let's get right into our first movie then, which is Bandits. Bruce Willis and Billy Bob Thornton star in this comedy directed by Barry Levinson, who has directed films such as Wag the Dog, Rain Man, and Good Morning Vietnam. Willis and Thornton play escaped convicts who become the most successful bank robbers in American history. Everything is peachy for the guys until their unconventional method i.e. kidnapping the bank manager the night before the heist, makes them famous to the point where people almost want to be robbed by them. They're nicknamed the sleepover band. To make things worse, they meet a neurotic, neglected housewife, played by Kate Blanchett, and hilarity ensues. You never know what's going to happen during a robbery. There's always sure. a surprise of some kind. What the hell did you bring her out here for? One, I may have suffered a slight concussion. I've had no choice. You pull over and get out of the car. No. Well, why not? I'm feeling very fragile at the moment. I don't think I should be alone. But three, she's mentally unbalanced to a spectacular degree. I can hear you.
the relationship between Kate Blanchett, Bruce Willis, and Billy Bob Thornton gets stranger as the movie goes on. And it does go on and on and on. I liked the beginning of this movie. I liked the end of this movie. While there were some funny moments throughout the film, the middle was just long and boring for me. Now, none of the rest of us have seen this movie. I'm not sure what you guys are laughing at. I don't think it's probably the movie. No, but... <laughs> But uh, we'll, we'll talk more uh, about funnier things <laughs> later. Um, Bruce Willis, Billy Bob Thornton, they were together in Armageddon. That was a, a hell of a film. Um, um, you like that movie? No. Okay. I was being sarcastic. I hope so. Um, and no offense to anybody here who did like it, if, if they did. I did. Uh, see? Yeah. So I, I don't mean any offense there. I just, I, I didn't enjoy it. Um, <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton, I do like. Um, and I was looking forward to this movie. It was a disappointment for me. I, I thought it was going to be better than it was. Um, it got long and boring for me in the middle of the movie. I, now, I know some of you don't like Billy Bob Thornton. No, he, I'm not a big fan of his. Uh, first movie I saw him in was uh, Sling Blade, mm -hmm. and I liked that movie. Mm -hmm. And then I saw Pushing Tin with John Cusack, who I really liked. Uh, I didn't like Pushing Tin. Pushing Tin just kept going and going. And every other Billy Bob movie that I've seen since then, I didn't like. So. He's not one of my favorite actors. Um, what about, uh, was he, uh, he was in, what's it called? A Simple Plan. That was okay. Um, his character, I can't remember, his character had a, had a mental flaw, didn't he? Um, I think so, yeah. Just slow, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Kind of back to the whole Sling Blade character. So right. He, I don't know what his range is. Right. Um, that whole movie drag on and on as well. That was a long yeah. movie also. It, I, I enjoyed that, but it did drag on, too. Um, Billy Bob is, is starring in a new movie by the Coen brothers, who made movies like uh, Fargo, Oh Brother, Where Out Thou, The Big Lebowski. Billy Bob is in their new one coming out next month. Um, it's called uh, The Man Who Wasn't There. And that looks kind of interesting. That one I will go yeah, see. That's... I've seen the trailer, and it does look good. Mm -hmm. Plus, it's the Coen brothers. You can't really go wrong with them. So. Right. Right. So where does Kate Blanchett come into it? She's, Is she related uh, to any of them, or she? Just... Well, she's um, she plays the the kind of love interest between the two of them, um, and the, the relationship gets very strange for me. Without giving away too much of the movie, it, it just goes very weird. It got long. It got kind of repetitive. It's like, okay, is she going to go out with this guy? Or is she going to go out with this guy? It was less. The trailer makes it makes it out to be like it's a bank. A, a film about bank robbers, and it's more about a film about bank robbers in love. And to me, that was strange. But uh, uh, so, in my opinion, Bandits, it's okay. But uh, let's move on, take a look at our next movie. Um, actually, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to be going to a break here. We'll take a break here. Uh, when we come back, we'll take a look at our next movie, and uh, that'll be The Last Castle. You're watching The Trailer Home on ISU 4. Up and say, up and say, up and say, up and 
I figured out the perfect formula for success. Hey, won't hurt a bit. The greatest thing since sliced bread. Here, we're not detasseling. The greatest thing since sliced, 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 sliced bread. Oh yeah! I figured out the per 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 perfect formula, formula, formula for success. Now we're on the same page. Same page. Same page. Now we're on the same page. Same page. Same page. Hey, it won't hurt a bit. Yeah. Hurry up! It's boring without it. It's boring without it. Can they get you a job? Can they get you a job? A job? A job? Formula for success. Success. The perfect formula for success. Welcome back to the trailer home on ISU4. Let's take a look at our next movie, which is The Last Castle. When soldiers break the law, they go to the castle. That's what the screen says at the beginning of the trailer for this patriotic action film. It takes place at a military prison run by Colonel Winters, played by James Gandolfini of Sopranos fame. Winters mistreats the prisoners at the facility. Two prisoners have ac accidentally died under his command. Enter Robert Redford, a decorated army general who is sent to be a prisoner at the castle after making a big mistake at the end of his career. After Redford sees the conditions at the prison, he decides to rally the other inmates and seize control of the castle. These men need you, and I need you. Over again. Now! You are no longer soldiers. Each one of you is nothing more than the shadow of a soldier. When they do take over the prison, they're going to fly the flag upside down. Prison! Hops! Upside down. It'll mean the castle's fallen, sir. Fire! I'm taking control of your prison. Like hell you are. To me, The Last Council presents a strange conundrum, if that's the right word to use. I have a very small vocabulary. 
It's always weird to think of the prisoners being the good guys, but they're obviously meant to be in this movie. This movie tries to send out a message that men, especially military men, no matter what they've done, are still human beings and they feel loyalty to their country. That's a sentiment that has been embraced by Americans ever since September 11th. But instead, this movie has a bunch of scenes with Robert Redford saying, let me tell you a story. And that's what I had, that's the problem I had with this movie is that it, it had moments, it was a little bit suspenseful, a little bit predictable. And every other scene was Robert Redford saying, let me tell you a story, son, about what I did when I was in Vietnam. Or let me tell you why I play chess and I don't play poker. I'm a better man because I play chess. And I didn't, I didn't like that at all. It was just Robert Redford over and over again saying, okay, this is why I'm the kind of person I am. I'm an army general. Acknowledge me. Love me. Um, and I, I didn't enjoy that. I think um, it's one of those movies where I felt, I feel guilty about it now, but as you're watching it, you get sucked into it. And it's like, yeah, this is a really good movie. And like, oh, I'm on the edge. Well, not on the edge of my seat, but you know, you're getting into it. Then you go home and sleep a while and you think about it and you're like, that wasn't a very good movie. It didn't really make any sense. And I don't, mm -hmm. I feel stupid for liking it. It's like, <laughs> oh. Wait a second. Yeah. That was not a good movie. No. Although the end did surprise me a little bit. I won't say exactly what happened. That's true. But it was a nice surprise. Yeah. Um, like the catapult. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the catapult. The catapult we we should explain. There was a, a catapult that was made by the prisoners. Um, it comes out of nowhere from this alleyway. This, this whole prison revolt, they, they never show exactly how they prepare for the, the insurrection within the prison. They, they never show how they prepared for this, and then out of nowhere, they bring this catapult out. We don't know how they built it. We don't know how no one didn't notice them building it. And it really makes you feel good that uh, <laughs> prisoners can, can take over a military prison if they wanted to from James Gandolfini. I think but, maybe they should spend a little less time at the beginning going through all the stories that were told, maybe a little bit more time focusing on how exactly they set up this thing to take over the prison. Mm -hmm. There's one guy in the movie, um, his name is Steve Burton. He plays the captain underneath James Gandolfini. Um, he's got the big spiky blonde hair. Um, and um, I'm going to embarrass myself by admitting this, but I watched General <laughs> Hospital a little bit. I, I don't watch it all that much now. Sure I used to watch it a lot more. Yeah, I know. My mom watched it, and so yeah. I watch it too. That, um, I wouldn't feel too bad about that because I recognize him too, same situation. Right. My mom watched it, you know. <laughs> um, but, this guy is in, has played a part in General Hospital where he has some sort of brain problem and he then has, because of this brain problem, he has no emotions. And in The Last Castle, it seemed like the same guy. He wasn't supposed to be the same guy, he was supposed to just be this, this army guy. But he like, he didn't do anything for me on the screen. So The Last Castle, again, like bandits, it's okay. Um, if you wanna, go see a patriotic film after September 11th, go for it. Next up on our list of movies is the comedy Riding in Cars with Boys, starring Drew Barrymore. Based on the life story of writer Beverly D'Onofrio, Riding in Cars with Boys begins in the year 1965, when D'Onofrio, played by Barrymore, is 15 years old. She meets a sweet but stupid 18-year-old guy, played by Steve Zahn, whose other great acting credits include That Thing You Do, Saving Silverman, and most recently, Joyride. Before long, D'Onofrio becomes pregnant. Then the movie follows the next 20 years of Beverly D'Onofrio's life, with Barrymore portraying the lead role the whole time. Uh, Riding in Cars with Boys also features James Woods and uh, Lorraine Bracco, also Sopranos fame, like James Gandolfini. 
Woods and Bracco play D'Onofrio's parents. It's directed by Penny Marshall and produced by James L. Brooks. The two of them last worked together on the hit movie Big, uh, which was an okay movie. Um, so, Katie, I know you saw, right? In your cars with boys, what'd okay. you think of it? Um, going into it, I thought it was going to be more of a comedy from what you see in the pre previews. I was a little disappointed because Drew Barrymore usually brings you up a little bit and she brought you down in this one. Yeah. It starts off where she's okay you know doing it and then she gets pregnant and then she doesn't love her kid is pretty much the story and so it gets into more of a drama and it's the whole story of being how she doesn't love her son and how it affects her son's life and then at the end how things always work out mm-hmm Go ahead. I have a question. Um, how convincing is Drew Barrymore um, throughout the movie if she ages 20 years? <clears throat> Not very, especially because you know her personality from other films. She doesn't fit into it very well. She's supposed to be this serious, mean, she wears a lot of lipstick. Just She doesn't fit the character very well, I don't think. Who, who would have been a better actress to play? Ooh. Maybe I put you on the spot. Like yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, the lady from Stepmom. Have you seen that? Susan, Susan Sarandon. Sarandon. Susan yeah. Sarandon. I think she would have done well. Could she have pulled off 15, though? I don't know about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. um, Beverly D'Onofrio, I don't know her who she is. She's a writer, apparently. She's I hadn't novelist. heard of her. I know that much. And th this movie is based on her autobiography, which she is also like a novelist, yeah, like you said. But I, I don't know who, who Beverly D'Onofrio is, so maybe that's one reason why. Uh, people maybe might not be able to identify with it if they don't know who she is. I ran a search for her on the internet and couldn't find hardly anything except for stuff about the movie. Whenever I hear Beverly D'Onofrio tonight, I keep thinking of Beverly D'Angelo from the, the, <laughs> the vacation, vacation movies. Yeah. Um, uh, James Gandolf, or not James Gandolfini, Lorraine Bracco um, plays uh, Drew Barrymore's mom in this. Um, and it's kind of been noted that uh, Lorraine Bracco, James Gandolfini, they've all, all been in a couple movies now, and they, they don't seem to be able to play anything but the type of characters they play in The Sopranos. Is that true? Well, I haven't seen Last Castle, but just based on the previews, uh, what I saw the trailers, uh, and you guys yeah, can... Just pretty much a toned-down version of Tony Soprano. Yeah, it, it seems like all that they do uh, for James Gandolfini is put some distinguishing characteristic on him that James Gandolfini doesn't have. Like in The Last Castle, he has gold rim glasses, and in... The Mexican, he had a uh, beard and goatee. Mm -hmm. Plus, he was gay, but right. that didn't really have much to do with the plot of the movie, so right. it doesn't really matter. Uh, I just have to wonder about the future of the actors in Sopranos, and not, not so much the bit actors who play little roles, but the, the, the lead characters, James Gandolfini, Lorraine Bronco, uh, Stephen Van Zandt, even. even. Uh, it seems like they're just going to be typecast for years to come. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's one bit actor you mentioned, um, Joe Pantaleano. He uh, was in Memento, um, The Matrix, uh, the Fugitive, and he, he has played a kind of a wide variety of roles, so apparently there are some who can do that and, and others who can't. Some, yeah, to varying degrees of success. I'm sure James Gandolfini is a good actor. Uh, I mean, I love him in The Sopranos. I love that show. Uh, I just think 
his range is somewhat limited. I mean, before Sopranos came around, he was just a bit actor. We didn't see him in really anything. Mm -hmm. Nobody really knew who he was exactly. at all. Um, I don't watch The Sopranos at all, so I guess I don't even really know, don't but know. It, it just seems to me, and from everything I've heard, he just, at, at this point, he hasn't been given a, a role that uh, is any different. And I think that may have something to do, maybe people just want to see him as that, and maybe that's why he didn't, didn't work so well in The Mexican, because he's supposed to be this big, sensitive killer, mm -hmm. and that's not how I see James Gandolfini. I think of the big Italian killer. killer. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right, when we come back to the trailer home, uh, we'll be talking about the movie From Hell. It's called From Hell. Uh, and we'll also be talking about some scary movies for Halloween. So you're watching the trailer home on ISU4. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the trailer home. We were going to talk about Iron Monkey, but we're kind of running out of time, so we'll move straight to our last movie for tonight, which is From Hell. The movie's called From Hell. I hate having to explain that. The new Jack the Ripper thriller was the number one movie in America for the weekend of October 19th. It stars Johnny Depp as an inspector assigned to investigate the unspeakable murders committed by the Ripper. From Hell also features a red-headed Heather Graham as a prostitute, or uh, unfortunate, part of a group of prostitutes, or unfortunates, who become the target of Jack the Ripper. The movie puts kind of a new psychological twist on the legend of the serial killer, and uh, the whole thing looks very, very dark. I want you. We can't help laughing at that line. Before we move on here, I just have to ask, is that line, in the context of the movie, as stupid as it sounds in the trailer? Uh, yeah. And even more so. Uh, they use it twice. <laughs> twice? Well, when, when the movie starts, it's the first thing you see. It comes up as white text on a black background. And, and it, it, doesn't, it's, it doesn't make you scared then. And then it doesn't make you scared when they use it because you, you totally see it come I and it's like oh boy, boy you know mm -hmm. all right well before we go on I got I got to read this thing here from hell Executive produced by Alan and Albert Hughes, who have previously made the films Dead Presidents, Menace to Society, and American Pimp. Not as much of a departure as it might sound like when you consider the fact uh, that London in the late 19th century, which is when this movie takes place. vast disparity of wealth that produced uh, masses of poor people in some very dirty slums, or so I read in the little thing that Fox gave us. Also <laughs> of note, um, um, Kim Barrett, uh, the costume designer for this movie, also worked as a costume designer on The Matrix. Sean, you saw this movie, you hated it. I hated this movie. <laughs> 
Uh, you can stop explaining, first of all. You can stop explaining that the title of the movie is From Hell because that's where the movie's from. That's where the movie <laughs> should go back to. Uh, there's nothing about this movie that's scary. Uh, they try to use suspense, uh, not, but they don't use it very well. Uh, they, there are just so many things that are not explained well enough. I, I went to see it with my girlfriend, and she asked me halfway through. Well, not even halfway through, maybe 20 minutes in. She said, are we supposed to know, coming into this, the story of Jack the Ripper? Right. And you shouldn't have to know the story of a movie before you go see it. It, it should explain itself. Mm -hmm. It would have been helpful if we had. Uh, it just not very well made, not well written. Uh, the visuals were really good. Um, and as far as that goes, bravo to them. Uh, uh, I mentioned the costume designer, uh, Kim Barrett from The Matrix. Is, is, are the costumes in this, they look like they might be something that could possibly be Oscar nominated or something. Usually when you see period costumes, they, they have a potential to be nominated. Do you think so? You or? know, there's, there's something about 19th century period costumes that they all look the same to me. So I'm not going to say that they stand out any more uh, than any other movie from this period. Um, they didn't look like anything. I didn't say, oh, that's a great costume. You know, they, nothing stood out. Uh, it, the movie itself just don't waste your time. There's one thing I want to mention. You saw it in the preview there. Uh, the stagecoach that the killer rides around in has these uh, steps, these metal steps that fold out. And every time that they, they use this scene, like maybe three or four times, and they put this kind of like uh, sound effect behind it, like a knife, something like, ching, 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 you know. Mm -hmm. And it's supposed to be, oh, a killer's here, you know. Steps. Steps aren't scary. You know, yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, the killer can't hover. He needs steps like everybody. Oh, it's just, I, it's just stupid. I noticed in the in the trailer, there's a lot of uh, like panther growling sounds or something. Does that pop up throughout the movie? The, well, I don't know exactly what you're talking about, but the the killer, when he's talking in the movie, uh, he speaks in this really low, gruff voice. Right. You know? Just so because because you're already introduced to his character, although you don't know it's him. That's another thing I'll get to. Uh, so every time the killer talks. Uh, you know, you're like, oh, okay, the killer's talking, even though we can't see his face. Right. The thing about this movie is it does the, the, the age-old movie trick where uh, you go into the movie and it gives you a hint that it might be this guy. Uh, but then you think, well, if they're telling, if they're hinting that it might be this guy, then they're going to twist it and it's not going to be that guy. But then you start thinking, well, if they're doing that, then, it's, then they want you to think that, so it's got to be that guy. But then you start thinking around in circles like, well, if they're wanting me to think that, then it is, but then it must be. Well, it is. Mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't work. Uh, so, I've seen it work. I mean, it, it, they try to give it a twist, but you see it coming the whole time through. Right. So from hell, go back. Go back. Go back. <laughs> to where you came from. All right. Um, well, uh, why don't we wrap up the show tonight? Halloween is coming up. Talk about scary movies. What, what's a bad scary movie to go see? Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers, Jeepers. Creepers. the worst movie. I can't handle that. <laughs> I, I got to tell the story. When we were... Um, a bunch of the people who are in the studio right now with me, we, we saw a movie during the summer, saw a trailer for Jeepers Creepers, and the entire trailer, you know, they, they work up this whole thing. Oh, there's this monster. Oh, he's going to get us. Oh, run. Oh, there's a truck. Oh, God. Ah, ah. Pfft. Jeepers Creepers. It's like... <laughs> the movie, the, the title of the movie is so stupid. I'm, people in the, in the theater actually laughed when they saw the title. And if people laugh at your title, I don't think that's probably a good thing. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I never saw Jeepers Creepers, and I don't really plan to. The whole movie was fairly stupid. It was supposed to be the scary thing. Fairly stupid? <laughs> <laughs> Extremely stupid. The monster, or the bad guy with wings, or I don't know exactly <laughs> what he was, but he was not frightening. 
and the main characters, the kids in there, they see this guy kill people over and over and take them to this sewer-looking place, and they keep going back for more. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't make sense. Sean, you hate Joyride, I know. Joyride was a terrible movie. It's another one of those movies that tries to use suspense but doesn't know how. Uh, it has Paul Walker, or no, Paul Zahn? Steve's no, Steve's Zahn. He's, he's the best part of that movie, and that's the sad thing. The worst <laughs> thing about that movie is it has three supporting actors in leading roles. Right. And you can't do that and expect a good movie to come out of it. Right. Plus there's a twist at the end. It's like, oh, sequel time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's all the time we have uh, for the trailer home this evening. Uh, thank you very much for watching. I want to thank our panelists, Danny Zanger, Sean Corcoran, Katie Poston. Hope to see you again on the show. On the next edition of the trailer home, we'll talk about Monsters, Inc., the latest film from Disney and Pixar, the makers of Toy Story and A Bug's Life. Also, Capex, starring Kevin Spacey as a man who claims to be from another planet, and Jeff Bridges as the psychologist who finds it difficult to decide whether Spacey is telling the truth. And we'll talk about the DVD release of Shrek. It was the summer's only real breakout hit in the theaters, and now it's one of the most highly anticipated DVD releases of the year. We'll talk about that and more on the next edition of The Trailer Home. That episode premieres Wednesday, November 7th at 9.30 p.m. on ISU 4. I'm Dustin McDonough. For all of us here at The Trailer Home, thanks for watching. See you later.